0: listeners to Take the Hill, a leadership podcast dedicated to connecting you with individuals who are demonstrating excellent leadership within their respective fields. My name is Patrick Mavahill. I'm an assistant professor at Point Park University, where I have the great pleasure of teaching organizational behavior and leadership. And my partner in crime here with you is Dennis Ferkatech. Hi, Patrick. I'm Dennis Furgutich. I'm a professor at Indiana University, and I teach uh, labor relations and employment relations, and I also teach it uh, in the management at uh, Point Park, and I also teach for Penn State. All right. Thank you, Dennis. So Dennis and I have been working for quite some time together, uh, so we have a quite a long history of studying leadership, relationships within organizations, organizational behavior, management, And this podcast is designed to not only deliver some of the ideas that we have experienced within leadership over our own careers, but again, to bring you guys the connection with individuals who are influencers and reshaping leadership as we know it. Our first interview today is going to bring you Mr. Lee Cockerell. Lee was the former Executive Vice President of Operations at Walt Disney World Resort. Lee actually led 40,000 cast members, over 20 hotels, four theme parks, two water parks, and a exhaustive shopping complex, as well as developing his own leadership program at Disney, which graduated over 7,000 leaders. Prior to his experience at Disney, Lee got a start with the Hilton Hotels, then moved on to the Marriott Corporation, and he arrived at Disney in 1990 where he led the opening of Disneyland Paris. So quite an extensive resume and a phenomenal interview if you want to learn about leadership. So we're going to turn this over to you here shortly, but pay attention to three key things because Lee really talks about how important it is to really hire the right people. Not only just to hire them, but to make sure that they have the opportunity to go through training and professional development. And lastly, he talks about the importance of actually exhibiting and being a role model for the characteristics that you want to see within the culture of your organization. So enjoy the interview, and we'll be back on the other side. We are privileged to have Mr. Lee Cockerell, who was a former executive vice president of operations for Walt Disney World Resort. Uh, He led successfully over 40,000 cast members, 20 hotels, four theme parks, two water parks, shopping complex, an ESPN sports complex, and several other ancillary operations underneath there. Um, But I think the thing that we're most interested in today is your legacy as it surrounds the Disney great leader strategies and how you transitioned and grew over 7,000 leaders. Uh, it's, it's an amazing uh, accomplishment. Yeah, thank you. And uh, again, prior to this, again, you spent time with Hilton and Marriott Corporation prior to coming to Disney, uh, where you launched Disneyland Paris, yes. which is an exciting endeavor, no doubt. So, but uh, our first question for you today, Lee, is uh, just describe for us an experience um, that significantly challenged you to grow as a leader.
1: Well, I uh, started out working in
0: the 1965. I was a banquet waiter
1: after I got out of the Army. Yeah. And uh, I didn't know anything about anything. And I just did a good job. And I uh, was very hard worker, because I grew up on a farm in Oklahoma. And I was very organized, so I got things done. So next thing I knew, I got into a management training program. And uh, along the way, I didn't really understand anything about leadership. Nobody ever talked about it in those days. It was just get the job done. We don't care about your opinion. Just uh, boss was one or two people that told everybody what to do. And and so I went along, and I was pretty successful at Hilton. Then I joined Marriott and was, did well there. I became vice president of food and beverage operations for Marriott. And uh, one time I went to visit uh one of my directors of food and beverage out in El Paso, Texas, and when I got there, he had been transported to the hospital for observation because he had got so stressed out about me coming. Now, we'd never met. I'd never met him. He'd never met me, but uh, he came back that night and we had dinner together and he told me that he was so had so much anxiety over me coming, because my <laughs> reputation got there before I did, because back in that day my nickname was Doberman, <laughs> and uh, I just didn't know any better. And the main reason I had that problem was I was very insecure, I didn't have a college degree, I dropped out after two years because my grades were—I forgot to go to class basically. <laughs> so for anybody listening, go to class. And uh, we made sure my son and grandchildren did. But uh, that concerned me as I thought about that, because what had happened, that's the way everybody was managing in those days. It was just like, hey, you do what you're told, and and, uh, you become like the culture you hang out in. And so I just picked that up from watching others and how they did it, and that's what I thought was right. And I was all about deadlines, get it done, no excuses, Uh, and I was so organized that that was very intimidating for people, because uh, I had great follow-up, and... When I said five o'clock Friday, that meant five o'clock Friday. Almost even if your daughter's graduating from high school, you do this first, you know. And uh, but after that, I started thinking about it, and I knew better. Probably deep down, I think we always know when we're not doing things right. I knew my grandmother and my mother would probably kill me if they knew I was behaving that way. And I started looking into leadership classes. I went down to University of Kentucky. There was a two or three day class down there. Uh, on Service America, the book that came out many years ago, and I went to that and I started reading more about it. And slowly but surely over the it took me a long time though to change because you, know, you are who you are, yeah. and that insecurity comes popping out, and that created, my personality was kind of, I had to be in control. I didn't trust anybody, I'm gonna do it, I'll make sure it gets done, I'll check on everything. If I don't do it, it won't be done right and I had to slowly over time I got more comfortable and as I got more successful in my career I got more confidence that well it looks like I, yeah. I'm i not fooling them anymore I actually do know what I'm doing and so uh slowly but surely over the years uh at Marriott I got better and better and better and by the, then when I joined Disney I kind of said okay here's a clean slate mm. I won't be a Doberman anymore I'll be a Cocker Spaniel <laughs> and I have the ability to bite but I won't and uh yeah. I just started treating people better respectfully and I, I understood the concept of hiring great people so you don't have yeah. to worry about things getting done and making sure they got the training, education, clarity around their performance, what we expected, high expectations, be clear with people about that, and then uh, understanding that I was the problem and I had to behave myself, you know, that's always the issue, it's hard to, I look back on my problems at Marriott and, when I got passed over for a promotion, I got passed over because I was just a pain in the neck. Yeah. And the higher you go, people don't want to work with people who are paid. And uh, so I took at least 51% responsibility for my problem. My <laughs> boss never mentioned it to me either, by the way, along the way, because I was getting the results that they wanted. Yeah. But uh, so when I went to Disney, I was ready to be a different person, and that gave me that clean slate. There was no history there, yeah. you know, because even if you change, I found out at married if you change, people have a long memory. And uh, a lot of people won't let it go. And a lot of people don't believe you change. It's kind of like this dog that bites you. The owner says, I took him to obedience school, but I'm not yeah, putting him anyway. <laughs> so, I don't, maybe you did, maybe you didn't, I don't know. So that was uh, kind of the start. And then as I got more successful, uh, I kept letting out more. I let less control. I didn't need as much control. I started trusting people because when you have great people, they do a great job and you can trust them yeah. and uh so that's kind of the path i went down that was the hardest thing you know change who you are uh and you don't totally change who you are but you cover it up and sure you know i could still have that stomach ache sometimes when i don't think somebody's <laughs> doing something I, one night uh, i eat, i think i sent a text to one of my managers when i was at disney and and uh, i hadn't heard from him in about a half an hour and i about ready to get back to him. My <laughs> Priscilla said, leave him alone. <laughs> 30 minutes It's not the end of the world. It's not even like, it's a dumb thing you're even asking in the first place. So <laughs> that, you know, that, so that compulsiveness yeah. thing about uh, driven. Is, uh, so, yeah, that's how, what I went through. It was hard. And it's it that's really a hard. tough
0: thing to give up. Like you so when you are empower, empowering people, when you're in charge of a group and you know how you work, you know your standards of expectations, it's it's a tough thing to get rid of, or give up at times. Um, would you say the the variable there would be the hiring? So if you hire higher quality people that you trust... Then oh, absolutely. I, I would tell you the three things I focus
1: most on now when I was at Disney, and uh, even when I'm giving seminars or talking that there's three things that I think the only thing is hire the right people, I mean, really take your time, and uh... Make sure you're not making mistakes very often because that's the most important thing you do is who you bring into your organization. Uh, Number two, training. Training people, testing them, and then enforcing the training so the whole organization knows that there's consistency, we all do it the same way, and we're interested in your idea, but don't implement it until we talk about it, and then we'll implement it across the organization. So training, testing, and enforcement. And last is this uh, being a good role model yourself. Creating a culture where everybody wakes up in the morning and wants to come to work versus have to come, and uh, where everybody matters and they know they matter. Yes. And we, I think we try to do that at Disney. I don't know if it always happens, but we do. I mean, because everybody wants to matter, and sometimes we have these invisible people we don't pay attention to because they might have a low-level job. And I think at Disney we really try to make sure everybody knows they matter. Because when you know you matter, you, yeah. you give more. You're more committed. And you, when you're treated right, you get you're more committed. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think those three things, if you get those three right, uh, everything you can go take a nap. Everything else is easy. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. And the last one's the hardest, for people to
0: to actually exhibit those characteristics. Be good,
1: themselves. respectful leaders, treat everybody uh, the same, 24-7, yeah. be careful what you say and do, don't offend somebody. All this stuff that's going on now in our society, it's getting a lot of yeah. people in a lot of trouble. And it's because of poor judgment.
0: And... Uh, So when you you talk about that, just kind of as a great segue into our next question, Um, one of your quotes is, uh, one of the main reasons people don't improve is that they're not honest with themselves. Wow. How? how, Why do we have that inherent sense to not kind of, what I always say is interrogate reality, be honest about our performance. You know what we're dealing with? Why are people so afraid of of that? Yeah. Well, I would
1: say, as my wife would say, it's generally men <laughs> that have this problem because <laughs> uh, it's ego, and <laughs> it's yeah. uh, God knows it happened a billion years ago, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, it's just the way it is. I mean, it's, yeah. a lot of it's pride, ego, not wanting to fail, fear of failure. Mm-hmm. Wanted to look good. I mean, who knows what all of that stuff is, but uh, it's true, and it, it's the biggest thing that gets you in trouble. I mean, I really had to go through that myself. To, yeah. You know, I understand myself pretty well now, and I probably understood myself then, but I just uh, go with the flow. Everybody else is treating people badly. I might as well, too. Just so by the time I got into a big job, <laughs> your secretary wouldn't get you coffee anymore. You had to get her <laughs> coffee. You know, it, life changed. So it's, I think it's just the way men are wired, generally. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it can happen with women, too, but it's far more prevalent with uh, men in the workplace. and Even in uh, Europe, they tell me they're still 15, 20 years behind where we are. Mm-hmm. One lady in Eastern Europe, I was talking about leadership to her, and she said, leadership over here is men thinking they can tell you what to do. That's <laughs> leadership. Yeah, that's what they think. That's culture. And I think we all just need to step back and think, you know, if you led your family that way, you'd be divorced. Your kids would run away from home. Your wife would leave you if you yeah. uh, tried to uh, manage or lead <laughs> them the way we do sometimes at work. Yeah. And there's a lot of ambition in this country. and We do it for the wrong reasons: money, cars, stock options, God yeah. knows what. And um, but I always tell people, I don't know why it happens, but it's the way it is. <laughs> and the way it yeah. is, the way it is. And you got to make sure you're not one of those people. Yeah. And mostly, most people don't get enough. Honest feedback about their own behavior, really. Like, I mean,
0: really, who, who's so going to tell you? Yeah, I mean, and do you think people are even when they are given that honest feedback? Do you think, you know, there's still that inherent sense to say, well, you know, you're just being a harsh critic of what I'm doing, or you know, no. well, we're all defensive.
1: But, that was one yeah. of my main problems, being defensive, because who wants to admit it? Yeah, and but uh, until unless, until you admit it, you're not going to be able to all deal right. with it. Now. You may be lucky enough to have a good mentor that tells you, hey, you know, what you said in that meeting was inappropriate. You shouldn't talk to people like that, or or the way you handled that was not right. I happen to have my wife who keeps me straight on that stuff. She told me many years ago, be careful what you say and do, Lee. You're the boss. Everybody's watching and judging you. I think it's the best piece of advice I could give anybody, especially students today, Facebook and social media and photographs of being at parties and ends up online, and then... I just yeah. did a speech for the National Association of uh, Professional Background Screeners mm-hmm. and let me tell you what they're doing today is I, I talked to one guy for a while he has a company they just do a social media
0: screening they can do it with a mm-hmm. piece of software very quick wow. for every employer everything you put on there it comes back out and that's one of the challenges we have with our students today is that they don't Want to believe that employers are actually looking at that first, yeah. alongside with the resume and cover letter. Well, I'd say committed. to them, they don't have to believe it; they just won't be getting a
1: job. <laughs> yeah. Go yeah. back and live in yeah. the basement at home. <laughs> yeah. Because whether you believe it or not, it's reality, and yeah. uh, a lot of people don't get uh, hired because of because they're worried about judgment. Sure. Poor judgment. Why? And, uh, yep. and, of course, kids that age don't have any judgment. So uh, their parents <laughs> yes. or somebody better, I tell you, I always monitor my grandkids' Facebook page. And I yep. made them take yep. certain songs off and photographs. And they, oh man, I said, no, nah, I don't care, take it off. And uh, so somebody needs to be on top of that stuff.
0: Uh, You're right, and I can cite two or three examples where I know for certain students have not been moved on in the interview process because of things that have been on their, their you know, Twitter or their Instagram or wherever it is. And Absolutely. It's, and it's, it's real. It is real and it is happening. And and
1: I always tell people, if you know a good joke, <laughs> go in your closet and tell it to yourself. <laughs> Don't have any witnesses, yeah. no pictures, no nothing. <laughs> I always say, you, you can go on f- the internet, you can't find one negative thing about me because yeah. I am aware that... Of everything that's out there. Now, I could do something I said when I was younger I did a couple of things I probably shouldn't have done but there were no computers then. so my problems are in a file somewhere in a hopefully in a box it's lost so but today Oklahoma, don't do it I mean yeah I just and there's so many people getting disappointed because of that I mean you see it today every day in the newspaper every day
0: yeah and it's most of the time common sense things it's stupid it's, it's it really like is. what did yeah your mother
1: teach you that no, it and it's greed and ambition and
0: stupidity or, or, being, uh,
1: or thinking you're a hot whatever. shot I, yeah. in my last book, Career Magic I wrote, when yeah. you become a big deal, don't
0: yeah, this yeah. Is, don't become a big deal yeah, yeah. yeah. And, so. in both senses, I think um, it also goes back to one of the points too, I think you made, I don't know if it was in Creating Magic or in one of your, your resources you talked about having that individual in your life that will tell you don't be stupid or you're getting a big ego or yeah. you reconsider. Well, I had that person.
1: more than I had one boss who did that because I was very yeah. defensive and every time he'd bring something up it was about me <laughs> or what I thought was about me. I'd go into all battle stations <laughs> and uh, one day I remember him, he used to call, to call me on it right then and Lee, this is not about you, this is about yeah. the business issue we're talking about here. He said, Lee, I want you to remember something. The whole world does not revolve around Lee Cockrell. Yes. Get over it. <laughs> and he he helped me work my way out of that, and I still have, I mean, uh, my wife and I have some of those yeah. issues. I'm defensive with her, but uh, mm-hmm. I said, I know I'm doing better. She said she's going to stay, <laughs> and I, in August, we'll be married 50 years, so wow. I've had good training. Excellent. Yeah. Congratulations. But you need somebody to tell you the truth. Yeah. Now, happily, my wife didn't mind telling me the truth, and my boss, I had a boss who didn't care either, because he yeah. cared about me. It's like at work. If you care about your people, you tell them the truth. Yes. You know, you do Reason like you do your son. That's when you get You tell them the truth because you love him. If you respect your people, you tell them the truth. It's for them. It's not for you. And I had to learn that because it's hard. It's hard to tell the truth. It's hard to have those hard conversations. It's hard to sit down with somebody and talk to we'll them about those us. difficult things and I said that's like in time management that's why we don't do it because it's hard yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we'd rather do something easy like let it go to <laughs> don't even bring it up and then next
0: thing you know they get fired yeah. it's your fault or it becomes a yeah. bigger issue that we yeah. have to deal with so how do you how do we teach our leaders to become more adept or comfortable having those conversations not just with the folks that they lead or themselves but also up the chain of command with yeah. their boss
1: well it's hard to have courage, you know I think yeah. a lot of people sometimes you just have it or you don't, and then others you've got to uh, if you have a, if you're a great performer, you have more ability to give yeah. the right feedback if you're highly regarded and people know what you think or what you're talking about but I'd say first of all, get in the habit of it. Um, main problem when I talk about time management is the main problem people have is they don't deal with the hard things, yeah. therefore life gets harder if you deal with easy things, life gets harder yeah. and whether it's your exercising or eating too much or having hard conversations or making hard decisions I always tell people in my space I said, okay, everybody in this room including right here today everybody's got one or two hard things you've been putting off for years you do, we all do Coming and why gym. don't you do them? because they're hard, they're hard. <laughs> and if you do them the day after you do it you're going to feel so good about it and when you can get that feeling like, and then people are going to thank you maybe it'll be ten years later yeah. When they say, thanks for that conversation you had with me back then, I don't want to tell you how great I'm doing now. Yeah. But uh, can you even imagine with your children not correcting that, the hard things? No. I no. said, no. when your you, son runs you in the do. street, <laughs> when do you deal with it? Right yeah. then. Right you don't then, wait for yeah. his annual review like we do <laughs> yeah. in corporate life. And yes. we've got to, people, it's, I always, you know, I think it's one thing people need to think about is it's, you're irresponsible if you don't do it. You know, if you're going to be a leader, I always tell people, don't have kids and don't be a leader if you can't make hard decisions and have hard conversations. Just yeah. don't do it. Just yeah. stay single, don't have any children, and don't be in charge of people because that the best serious. job is a job where you have no people yeah. because they. Pre- that's where the problems are in life. You don't yeah. have problems with the product. I mean, with books, yeah. this book is fine. It's, it's, yeah, you're
0: know. right. And I think, you know, having... Children really, I think, even from my own perspective, has forced me to become a better leader, and I even have seen myself change.
1: <laughs> a of course, you levels. will.
0: It's that you haven't seen anything yet. How old's your son? Uh, eight, six, and two. So
1: so I, you're, I have you a haven't even seen the hard stuff. No, yet. <laughs> I have not. Still, they still love you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, which I'm getting a little bit scared right now <laughs> you know, because the, the, the eight-year-old old will come into his own. So uh, it's it's starting now and um, pushback. I'm scared, <laughs> but it's. <laughs> so. But and I right guarantee though.
1: you, when you think about it, you, are, you and your wife are the yeah. absolute way they're going to learn yes. what is right, wrong, inappropriate, you two. And if they don't, it's your fault. Yes. yes. And at work, it's your people aren't performing right or the bathroom's dirty or uh, the parking lot's not. It's your fault. It's Please. not the person who's supposed to do it's fault. Yeah. It's and we've got to remind people like that. I told you once, Miss Bill Marriott told me if you have flies in your business, you like flies. Yes, I remember that quote. Kill them. You know, if you have rude children, you must like that. If you have a dirty lawn and paper cups in your lawn, you must want it that way because you own it. Yeah. And I think enough of us don't, we try to come up with excuses of why this kind of thing happens. You know, it's hard to find people. People don't do what I tell them. Really? Yeah, it's <laughs> they crazy. They do at Disney. How we can
0: rationalize <laughs> our excuses. Well, well so we do because we,
1: we don't want to take the uh, responsibility for it, it's embarrassing. And uh, we need to go to the where the problem is today. Really, yeah. I guarantee you, any students you got a problem with, you can go look at their parents. They just messed up. <laughs>
0: Something <laughs> didn't go right. We see that a so lot. So if you
1: sure. give us three more people in the workforce <laughs> that are totally inept, it's your fault. <laughs> in about
0: twenty years, I'll do my best to change the culture. Right? <laughs> yeah. So you know, if, so if we want to, our we want these future leaders to become better at you know taking ownership and having those difficult conversations. One of the ways I think they can get there is being able to focus on the details as you talk about, but also understanding the systemic vision of the organization. So how can they connect those two completely different worlds in a way? Somebody asked me that uh,
1: yesterday. Actually, somebody wrote to me and said, how can I get people to get focused on everybody everybody in the organization focused on what we do? I said, well, at Disney... I think we do that well because I think most organizations don't have a a strong purpose that people understand. So even our purpose at Disney was always whether cast members talked about it like this or not. is that everybody has a different job there. We all have a different role, but we have one purpose.
0: Yeah.
1: I don't care what your job is. Your purpose is to make sure the guests have the most fabulous time of their life. Or you ask a soldier. They all have different jobs in the military, but they have one purpose to protect the freedom of America. And I think enough companies don't Healthcare is a good one. They could easily have a good purpose. They save lives and make people healthier. You know, I don't care if you're the cafeteria worker or you're cleaning the bathrooms. Yeah. And you, when you drive that purpose into people's brain, they feel more responsible. They feel more proud. Uh, and uh, I think we don't talk about the end of the game enough. Okay. Now, if you're selling cigarettes, that may be a harder one. If you're <laughs> yeah. for a company sells cigarettes, but most companies and most educators, our purpose, your purpose is to educate and create a better. America, because we have through education, and if every professor do that, and every gardener and treat the students right, and uh, make it a, get a reputation around the world, everybody wants to go to school there because you come out of the right. I mean, educators, healthcare, Disney,
0: I mean, and many, yeah, doctors, nurses. So how do you do that? And another question I'm always asked, and I, I tell people it's, you know, the mechanics are different, but. Small business versus someone in your position of leading 40,000-some people. How do you how do you ingrain that vision? How do you ingrain the standards of taking ownership of every situation and, and leading? Yeah. How do you do well, that I think first you've got to know what are, your standards
1: are. I think a lot okay. of people do. I always tell people, write them down. What, are, what expectations are you going to have for every employee? You know, at Disney, when I was there, they've changed it since I left, but you used to have to watch a film about Disney expectations. Yeah. It goes through... On time to work, it goes through uh, professionalism, uh, grooming guidelines, no visible tattoos, no visible piercings, no unnatural hair color, on yeah. and on and on and on. And uh, I think the biggest problem in business today, and just about most people, is lack of clarity. You know? I mean, I've told people my mother was a terrorist before they had them. She was very clear about <laughs> our behavior and yeah. what was going on. And when you're clear and you enforce it, People will do what they're supposed to do, and we, and mainly, you know, whether it's the head of the university or the dean or you, not setting high, clear expectations, and uh, the higher you set the expectations, people will step up. People just don't know. They don't know what great looks like. Yeah. And yeah. you know, the difference between good and great is really big. I always tell people, you want to have a good surgeon or a great one. Yes. Good one <laughs> will kill you. Great one will save yeah. your life. You want to have good kids or great kids. Yeah. Want to have a good uh, marriage or a great marriage?
0: You want to have yes good health or great health? It's a big difference. You got to do things differently. Yeah, and I think that's that's a really good point because I think people are oftentimes happy with good <laughs> well,
1: and they're they afraid
0: are. to go up good to actually achieve. Jim Collins wrote that great. book, Good to good great. great. He said that what yeah. gets in the
1: way of great is good. It's people good enough. Well, if it. it's good enough, you don't realize what you could have had. And I yes. think that happens to a lot of students. They get out of school, they get yeah. some job, they s- get stuck, they stay too long, then they can't get off. Now they've got a yeah. mortgage, two kids, and a uh, mother lives in the town, and you stay there. Yeah. Even though you don't like it, you hate your job, you hate your boss. And uh, I'll, t- I'll tell you people, from 20 to 30, you can make t- just keep changing until you find what you want because yeah. you got another 40 years after <laughs> that to be unhappy if you stick in the wrong yeah. place. And uh, so it's... Uh, a matter of taking the risk or or taking the regret.
0: Sure. sure. <laughs> you know, <laughs> take the regret or take so the our, regret. Uh, our dean is definitely moving us to gray because his natural hair color is, well...
1: <laughs> yeah. If he right. wants more, you're going to give him more. <laughs> Absolutely. That's just the way it is. I yes. mean, he doesn't have to be
0: reasonable. No. But he should be
1: unreasonable. That's right. My mother was unreasonable. Like I've had experience. bosses that were unreasonable, and it's amazing what you get when you're unreasonable because, yeah. is it really unreasonable? <laughs> No, I mean, when you're expecting greatness. No, is it not, is. is. And uh, so he's got the hardest job today because he's going to have to deal with people who don't get it. Yes, he does. And, and when they don't get it, it, it starts to reflect on him. Students wonder why he's not dealing with people that are not yes. performing or doing inappropriate things yeah. or whatever. So it all starts at the top. You know, in my book, yeah. uh, The Customer Rose, said leadership is mm-hmm. like the law
0: of gravity. It starts at the top, it yeah. comes down. You get what you want. That's right. So our last question for you today, Lee, is uh, you know, as you're out speaking and you do a lot of traveling and a lot of work around the world today, what do you see as kind of the next biggest, greatest challenge for young individuals as it relates to leadership you know, as they kind of move out into the workforce?
1: Well, I think certainly there's leadership issues, but I think the bigger one, they better pick the right uh, major. Yeah. Because this anticipation of what's going to exist. I see my grandson getting into biomedical engineering. He's probably yes. going to have a pretty good future. Yeah. And my granddaughter's getting into international business and marketing and has already done an internship in France for two months and speaks French and speaks Spanish. And so she's probably going to have. So I think choosing the right road. Right path. and uh, But second, leadership is uh, we're going to just have to keep talking about it because hopefully there's two things that happen. Kids come out of families where they didn't see it and they didn't hear about it, didn't talk about values and uh, expectations for honesty and integrity and the way we do it in our family and they didn't see it from their grandparents and parents, the family and then they get to the school, grade school, high school, that's the first firewall. Teachers, if they can pick up on that be talking the right things over and over. A teacher can influence you a lot. And then they get to college, and then they become an issue. And if they get in the workplace, it's rough, because then we have them, and they don't understand basic uh, life skills, uh, behavior, treating people respectfully, honesty, integrity, doing the right thing, saying the right thing. And so uh, it's it's like everything in life, it's education. I tell people the only reason, there's only two reasons people change in life. Education or crisis. That's what makes you change. Education hopefully does it because crisis is getting fired, getting a divorce, uh, whatever, getting indicted. Uh, (laughs) Uh, uh, And so hopefully we're going to do it through education. Now, the problem is starting at home. I mean, I hate to say it, but that's where it is. You can say anything you want. Don't blame teachers for anything because it's not their fault. It's the parents' fault. parents are defensive today. They don't want to deal with it. And um, so, if you got great parents that are teaching the right things, and you don't like your mother for a few years when you're 13, <laughs> 14, 15, you got a good parents, and because uh, you will like them again, and you will love them again. So that's what they got to. We got to just keep hammering this thing, yes. and I think everybody's got to be talking about it. Yes. You know, it shouldn't only be this class you're in, or it should be every professor ought to be talking about this. I don't care if you're in chemistry, they ought to be talking about this too. Yes. And uh, because when. When you're in the right environment, hear it from everyone. In our family, I mean, our son heard it from his grandparents. His yeah. father, grandfather, was an admiral in the navy, so you know he heard oh, yeah, about gonna get it, oath to the thing. Constitution and doing the right thing, making the hard decisions. And he heard it from my family and my, our, us and this and and uh, actually, I talked to my son recently, and he said he always got he always got said well, your dad got you this job, right? And uh, he said. He said he always used to try to defend that. Sure. And then one day, he said, somebody said, your dad got you the job? And he said, yes, he did. Let me tell you why. He taught me about honesty, integrity, hard work, do it, do what you're supposed to do, behave yourself. I guess he did get me the job. I like that answer. And he said, that shut down <laughs> me. There was no more drama. I like that answer. Because really. if you learn those things, school's... The rest. Yeah, school's an
0: add-on. But yeah. if you're inappropriate behavior yeah. and school's not going to help you. I mean, it's and I think you see that in leaders that you admire or you follow or respect, and it's those core values that you know or trust. present. It's in you know who you trust in your life and who yeah. you don't? Yeah. That's we that's all know. You know who
1: you'd give something to do if you really needed it done right, yeah. and you know who you wouldn't. And then you also know those people are in the organization shouldn't be there, and you wonder why they're still there. And people say, well, it's hard to get rid of. Yeah, exactly. That's right. It's hard. Yeah. <laughs> the government says it's hard to get rid of them, civil servant. But yeah. there is a procedure. you got to stick on it. you got to get on top of it. Yeah. You either change them or change them. <laughs> you know, you turn them around or you change them. They may end up changing who you are. Because well, they, yeah, yeah, or get, you know, or next thing the performance of the organization goes down and you're a part of it, then
0: you can get caught up in things. That's true. Yeah, so Excellent. that's kind of how I think about it. I like it. Well we wanna definitely thank you. Thanks to the sure. school business that was here again today for this podcast and we will continue to support you and put your work out. Yeah and nice. spread your word. But uh, thank you so much, Lee. We really appreciate it. You're welcome. Right. So in closing, as you heard, Lee stated that you know your organizational culture is really a product of the people in it. And if you think about it, every addition and subtraction alters the chemistry of that culture in some way. So it really does go back to hiring the right people, training them, and having everybody exhibit and role model the characteristics that you want your organization to be defined by. And you know, Lee said very clearly, you know, whether your organization is one person or it's 50,000 employees, right, you want to make sure you hire people that share the same core values and beliefs that you do and the rest of your organization believes in. Dennis, any final thoughts? Yes, uh, I'll tell you, I was really uh, struck by uh, some of the conversation you and Lee had in regards to relationship between him and some of the uh, his past employees and uh, and how he grew from those experiences. And I, I would really like to get into some of those details that he discussed with you. And that's a perfect segue. Uh, so the way that this podcast is going to operate is, At the end of the month, we're going to release a new interview with another phenomenal leader. But mid-month, Dennis and I are going to revisit the interview that we just had. So mid-month, our next podcast, look for Dennis and I to debrief some more insight into the interview with Lee Cockrell. All right. Thank you again. Check out our show notes where we give you time-by-time listing of the actual interview as well as contact information. So if you guys have questions, comments, or things that you want us to ask our next interview, send them over because we'd love to hear from you guys. Thank you. Hey, thanks, Patrick. See you all next time.